Hello, 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 and thank you for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes state of Michigan. How you doing? My name is Robert Kerr. Glad to be here hosting the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast once again. It was a whirlwind soccer weekend, both home and abroad, and happy to bring on this episode a deep uh, review, more of a report from the location from the annual MSYSA State Cup Finals, the youth uh, club season finale. We're in a unique position right now. In between that uh, said State Cup Finals weekend, and then next weekend is tryouts. So on this show, we got Josh Hakla and uh, Brendan Shabath with a great report from uh, Saginaw, Michigan. They had some really fun player names, some great action, some some names to watch for the future, and uh, ref uh, pranks and hijinks. So stay tuned in for that. Uh, I myself this weekend did not go up to Saginaw, but I was around for the final weekend of youth soccer for my kids' teams, all sorts of of end-of-season parties, which were really fun as well. Uh, And then Saturday night was an exciting evening in Royal Oak. I was on the call on 11 Sports for Oakland County FC, hosting the Flint City Bucks. Both teams came into the game undefeated. The Bucks. Three wins out of three, two draws, and a win for the men in purple. It was a tight affair, very intense game. Really enjoyed commentating on it and the uh, atmosphere. There was a real deal, uh, intense, engaged atmosphere at the game that was specially uh, for one night only at uh, Shrine. There was a conflict, I think, graduation at Royal Oak High School. So back there at Royal Oak High School next Saturday against South Bend. But that Bucks game, very tough. Uh, the home team lost to the Flint City Bucks by just one goal to nil. The goal headed in from Josemir Gomez, who has, I think, five goals in four games for the Bucks. And it came off of a corner that was quite controversially called in the opinions of uh, the home commentator and fans. Check out that uh, replay on 11 Sports if you're so interested. One of my favorite features on there is that you can click straight to the goals when you look at an old game. You can just click on um, they have um, highlighted. You can go skip straight to the highlight of choice. So that was fun to uh, be on the call there. And I really just wanted to say, pay attention. Teams or towns that have USL2 teams and then many others in the Midwest Premier League and NPSL, we have uh, quite the summer of soccer going on right now. And I got to say, Saturday night in Royal Oak between Oakland County FC and the Bucks, there was just so much talent there, and there was a genuine atmosphere. I think uh, everyone should really pay attention. That's not in our soccer bubble. Try to spread the word that there's some really good live summer entertainment going on right now. In Metro Detroit, as well as various areas across Michigan, we got a whole lot of uh, competitive amateur action going around. And that's also being catered to a fan experience. Definitely cool to see the string beans. I think they were uh, a, a rock band of high schoolers at the county game, and they brought their crowd. And it, that was uh, fun as well. 
Um, Got to give a shout out to a couple former podcast guests before we get to our segment. Um, former podcast guest and um, actually before that, I got to say podcast guest Paul Duro uh, off to a good start as the head coach of the Bucks, 4-0 now on the season, a third of the way through the USL2 season. Hasn't lost one yet. County cutting it close, but uh, still came up with the win. But other former guests doing well. Russell Cicerone, he was on the podcast around the holidays, and he is on Sacramento Republic, and he is currently top of the scoring leaderboard in USL Championship, netting nine goals in 13 games. He's also in the top 10 in the USL Championship for assists. And getting another assist this weekend in Sacramento Republic's 1-1 draw with Tampa Bay. So shout out to Russell Cicerone, Bloomfield, Michigan native, uh, making a mark for himself here in USL Championship this year. And then uh, youngster, 16-year-old Chloe Ricketts got another spots uh, minute or so. She's been getting uh, some late game substitutions, the 16-year-old from uh, Dexter, of course, is who I'm speaking about. And you'll hear a reference to her as she participated on a boys team in the MSYSA State Cup last year. And you'll hear that referenced on this uh, week's segment. And so good to see her. Actually, she was making waves. Uh, the Washington Spirit was uh, showing some uh, some pretty slow-mo shots of Chloe uh saucing them up a little bit. Uh, she's getting some social media love and a lot of attention for her uh, little bit guest appearances or spots, uh, spot minutes for the Washington spirit. Um, and I guess we'll get into this week's segment. I'm really uh, happy with this contribution from uh, MSC and Michigan public radio and uh, the cup.us. We got Josh Hakala as well as Brennan Shabath, play-by-play uh, commentator this summer. He is the voice of the USPBL Baseball in Utica, as well as an intern on the Tigers broadcast team. So he's excellent as well. So listen in to the uh, annual segment from MSYSA's State Cup Finals up in Saginaw. And they've got a great, uh, they've got some good player names. Uh, there's brothers uh, that are featured in this review uh, one with the name Extreme and another one called Legend. So listen in to Josh Hakla and Brendan Shabath with their report from the MSYSA State Cup Finals here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. All right, this is Josh Hackle coming to you from Saginaw, Michigan at the Saginaw Township Soccer Complex where we just wrapped up the 2023 State Cup Finals and uh, it was a great weekend where we had games going on left and right. We had uh, the, uh, we were doing play-by-play for the Elite Division and the Premier Division and uh, determining who goes on to regionals in St. Louis and then who goes on to the President's Cup or the winner of the Premier Division. I'm here with Brendan Shabath, who did the play-by-play on the other field, and uh, we had a good time. And uh, what was your takeaway? This is your first time uh, broadcasting and doing, doing the MSYSA. What was your takeaway? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, Eight games in two days is what you would think it would be. I'm exhausted, but in a good way because the games are fun and they're long. And it's it, it. I played youth soccer when I was younger, youth travel soccer, and this really brought me back to those days of playing in tournaments and all the parents being there and everybody's friends and rivals. And 
you know, this is a, a team that you've played against and they've been your rival for six years, you know, since you were eight years old and now you're 14 and, you know, and it's just, it, it's a lot of fun and the intensity and the rivalry and some of the friendships too, um, just within the entire soccer community in the state of Michigan is always fun to explore and tell those stories. Um, and there were some really entertaining games and some really good soccer. Yeah, I, I started, I, I guess what we'll do, and since we have so many games to get, we won't go into every single detail of every game, but just to touch on each one and, and to some of your takeaways uh, from them. Uh, like we started off uh, on Saturday with the elite division. Uh, I, I started with the, I actually don't know what your schedule was. I was so wrapped up in all, all the prep and everything. I know that you had all this prep going on and uh, I had the U15 elites uh, in, in my first game and uh, Liverpool beat Nationals Union two to nothing. Uh, JP Patino scored the goal. Uh, Dominic K- uh, Kakash scored off a corner. It was a pretty even game. LFC really got a lot of their shots from distance. Uh, and I think one of the fun takeaways is uh, the last time I was, I think it was in the spring. It might have been the spring last year. You know, we have the. Uh, we had Chloe Ricketts playing a, a girl playing on a boys team and it was notable. We were like, Oh, that's great. You know, she's, she's, you know, hanging with the, hanging with the, the big boys, so to speak. They're actually quite big at U15. And next thing I know, she's signing with a pro team in the Washington spirit. And so I, th- when I saw that uh, we had Michaela Perkins uh, playing with the, playing with uh, Liverpool and she was doing the same thing. I don't know if she's going to sign with a pro team, but it, it, it's fun to see them uh, trying to compete against the against these boys and really uh, doing a good job of it but Liverpool ended up winning that one that was pretty cool yeah I think I got to start with the young kids too we had I think from U13 all the way up to U19 here this weekend my second game uh, on Saturday was the U14s Michigan Rangers versus MFA Revolution this was a really fun game one because of the head coaches those were that was a really interesting story that was Lido Esquivel Gonzalez for Michigan Rangers and it was Domenico Barone for MFA Revolution, those two grew up together back in Grand Rapids at East Kentwood High School, won a state championship together. Domenico went on to play soccer at Michigan State, win some Big Ten titles. Lido went on to play at Western and then Davenport and win an NAIA national championship. And then they both came back to Grand Rapids, were coaching together for a little bit, and then eventually coaching against each other. And in this season, this club season, they were one and one against each other. This was the decisive third match. And it was really interesting, the match itself, because MFA Revolution lost their leading scorer, a week before the state cup final because he got hurt playing basketball at recess. So he was out, he couldn't play. And then their best forward who scored their opening goal early in the match took a ball to the face Alistair Allen, he had to leave, and he was gone for the remainder of the match. They gave up a goal. They tied it 1-1, did Michigan Rangers. We went into extra time, and eventually they scored, and MFA Revolution would win that one. But I just thought that was such a cool story, the two young head coaches going against each other. And MFA Revolution, they had two injuries before the match, and then they lose probably their best offensive player 20 minutes into it and they still come out and prevail and pick up a big win and it was fun it was a really it was a really exciting game i think that's uh, one of the best things about this you talk to the coaches and some of the players and uh, and the, even the parents sometimes there's so many like fun stories that, that you know connections like that because the soccer world is a very small world i think anybody listening to this will tell you that but i had the u18 elite in the second game uh 
getting getting teenagers up in the morning is really difficult to have them play two morning games like this. It's pretty rough. But one thing that that came out of this and this is the wind started to pick up at this point. It was a little breezy and then it became windy and it was the same wind, at least on my field, going from right to left. I don't know which direction you were facing on your field, but it was right to left. And it made such a difference. And in my in the second game, Kingdom SC, who really is like starting to develop like they're, they're already a great club, but they have, they've kind of expanded their reach in Southwest Michigan and they scored an early goal or, or a goal in early in the second half. Jacek Zielaskowski scores in the 50th minute and it looked like they were just going to hang on and Liverpool went down a man in the 87th minute and you're thinking, oh yeah, they got this one. They're just going to, you know, <laughs> they're going to walk away with this one. And then they scored an equalizer in the 90th minute. You know, obviously for broadcasters and uh, tournament officials, nobody likes to see late equalizers. But as a fan and all the parents, <laughs> they were freaking out. Right. And uh, but Kingdom SC eventually, you know, with the man advantage, they took over. Uh, Zielaskowski scored a, a couple of goals uh, late, and uh, Johnny Strickler had another one. To, to it was King, Kingdom FC ended up winning. But you know, they certainly made it interesting. Uh, you know, down a man and still competing right to the right to the very end of extra time. I think the second game that I have to highlight is both the most interesting and the most boring that I had of the day. It was the U-17s at the 1.30 slate, so they didn't have the early morning when they got to wake up probably at their regular time for these kids, for the 17-year-olds. Michigan Wolves against Michigan Rangers, two very good programs. Michigan Rangers, I had three of their games from three separate teams on the first day, and I had another Michigan Rangers team here on the second day on Sunday. But so Michigan Rangers versus Michigan Wolves in the U-17 at 1.30. Michigan Wolves, really good team. You could just see as soon as they started, the intensity was there. The pressure was there. They put a lot of, they caused a lot of havoc for the Michigan Rangers. But this was the most boring game because it ended 4-0. Michigan Wolves won it pretty handedly. They scored a goal early and three in the second half as well. But it was the most interesting because it had, I think, the single greatest name I have ever broadcasted in the history of sports and maybe ever will. The center attacking mid for Michigan Wolves was named Extreme Hawk, X-T-R-E-M-E-H-A-U-K, Extreme Hawk. And he had two goals. He scored twice. He scored the the two goals that really kind of put it away in the second half. They added another one after that, and he played a really good game in middle, and he was back and forth both on offense and defense. So great name, great game, and it was fun to watch. Well, I the third game I had uh, TKO Premier needed extra time to beat Michigan Tigers in the U13 Elite Division, and they had been I think really what's notable about Dylan Ferreira scored a couple of goals in extra time. Uh, he's their top scorer, but they have made it 21 of the last 22 State Cup Finals dating back to 2018, and that that is a that's a heck of a run. And so you mentioned you, you I I actually had the brother of extreme Hulk. I, I actually, had, and he has an even better name. And, and I would even say that's a tough name to live up to. His name is legend Hawk. And I figure like that. I don't know how you uh. like as a parent, bless their heart. That, 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 I love unique names, but man, to have an athlete with the name legend right out of the gate, that's tough. And I just want to point out sidebar. Uh, he didn't start, um, but you know, he was, but he was really good. I, I will say that. But um, in that game that he was in, it was the last game of the, of the first day, uh, Michigan rushed Northville uh, beat Michigan wolves three to nothing in that one. So that was uh but yeah, that was, I, I got a cool name too. I got a couple of cool names, but that was the best. One. Yeah. There were a couple of really good names all weekend, but I just extreme Hawk. When I first saw it with the X and T R E M E, I was like, 
is it actually extreme? And they had the pronunciation, and it sure was. So, you know, he lived up to it. Yeah. And, and, and do you have any, anything from the from the first day that uh, that, that stood out for you, like uh, the, the elite division? Your schedule as a broadcaster gets ruined if you go into overtime because they will still start the next game on time because the teams will just warm up elsewhere. So <laughs> you just have less time to do any prep that you need to talk to any coaches or whatever or before. Eat. Yes. Or like, yeah. Use the bathroom, you know, whatever. <laughs> you have to save it all for halftime of the following game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just ended up uh, ended up peeing at like four o'clock in the afternoon. I think that's really just what happened. So that that's one that, that's one thing that that you do learn. They they don't often wait for you. But uh yeah, the U fifteen premiere uh today, uh mm-hmm. Michigan Wolves beat Nationals Macomb to start things off, uh, you know, it was a pretty good game. Uh, you know, Wolves, you know, scored early and then they uh, added another one. Drew Eden is a is a player I, I think to to look out for. Uh, he was he was everywhere. I think he's gonna. I, I don't know what his college plans are down. There. I mean, this is U fifteen. He's got a few years yet, but I think that's what's interesting. I would love to just like make a note of like all these players, like coming, like what kind of careers they have down the road, and like make a note of it. And uh, like like players like that. Uh, He'll probably be playing D1 somewhere. Yeah, and I think the first game for me, the early one, the 8.30 here on Sunday, was a really interesting one. Oddly enough, it was it – was, we talked about the overtime schedule. That one went into penalty kicks for me. So I had, <laughs> I had three minutes between my first game and my second game to, to get ready. But nonetheless, oddly enough, the game that went into penalty kicks had the game that – of all the games I did, the eight that I saw this weekend – I think had the best team. Um, it was Lakeshore FC against T-Bay's North Storm. T-Bay stands for Traverse Bay Area Youth Soccer, for those that aren't aware. Both really good teams. North Storm was pretty good. Um, they have some guys who are going to go play Division One. This is the U-19s. Um, some kids that are going to go play Division One next year. So does Lakeshore FC. But what impressed me the most was Lakeshore FC's all-around collectiveness as a unit I understand that they teach communication and that the older you get, the more that becomes a part of the game. And so it's understandable that the U19s would have the most communication of any game that we saw this weekend. But right from the beginning, as soon as the ball was kicked at the very start, the back line defense for Lakeshore FC, which had two brothers, Connor and Kyle Went, and also had a couple other kids who were going to be very good soccer players in the future. They were constantly talking, and they noticed immediately an issue with North Storm's defense. North Storm couldn't shape when they shifted the sides of the field. So when they switched the sides, they got plenty of opportunities for their wingers and their forwards on the front to get some good shots. For some reason, Lakeshore just never scored a goal. I don't know how it happened. They held possession so much throughout the first 90 minutes. They had so many good opportunities. They had a couple clear shots on net that were just sent a little bit wide. And their midfielders, Enrique Reyes and Steven Stidham, these guys were highlighted on the form before when we were doing our prep as you know players to look out for. First 10 or 15 minutes, I was like, okay, yeah, these guys aren't doing anything. After that, for the rest of the 75 minutes that we watched, Enrique Reyes and Steven Stidham were all over the place. Stidham's going to go play at Cornerstone next year. Look out for his name. I think he's going to be really good at Cornerstone and in that conference. Um, Enrique Reyes was, I think, the best player I saw all weekend at making tackles and making them quickly. If he was within three feet of you and you had the ball, within three seconds you lost it. And it was just every single time. Um, I'm amazed that they didn't win the game in regulation or in the first extra time of the the extra 30 minutes that we played, but they did win it in penalties five to four. They made all their shots. Um, T-Bay's North Storm did not. Um, And it was a really fun game. I was just really impressed with Lakeshore FC. I've never seen a club put together that well and play and execute that well. It just, 
They couldn't get a goal. <laughs> and I, I love the, the under 18 level because, I mean, if you're a soccer nut, which, of course, a lot of people who are listening to this are, they watching those, you, those are the players that are going to be playing D1, D2, D3, NAIA next year. And then, so you get a, a, a sneak preview, like uh, Michigan Power playing against FC Union. FC Union had, I believe, four players that are going to play at Michigan next year. There were a couple of Michigan Staters, so Western Michigan. Um, so there's players all over the field that you can check out and get a preview for for the next college season. Michigan Power had a bunch of players and had my second favorite name, Wayesu Victory Verge scored a goal. Having Victory is like his second first name. I'm not entirely sure how how this all works. I, I had like five minutes to get ready for this game, so I'd have time to get into the background of everybody's name. But they uh, they scored a couple early goals, and then uh, FC Union scored off a corner kick, and then had a penalty kick saved. And then they held on. Uh, Michigan Power held on. So, um, but yeah, just so many interesting and different players. But then all these players that are going to go play D one and and I a, a couple of things I talked to some coaches about. Some of the D three schools are getting like D one level talent, and you could really see you know Grand Valley with the women like are, are, are dominant. There, I heard a few people say that, that Hope College is going to be a dominant force in the next few years because there are some D1 level players who are going to these schools and they just want to play for coaches they like or maybe they're going with friends or it's just they're on a, on the rise right now and I guess we'll we'll see how this all plays out in the years to come. Yeah, and you mentioned the women's soccer at Grand Valley. I would be remiss if I didn't highlight any of the girls' games that I had. I had two this week, and they were both my finales, the 4 o'clock on Saturday and today on Sunday. Uh, the second one I had today, Thundercats 2010 Orange Girls against National Tri-County 10 Girls Black Team. Um, very fun game, very surprising, similar to the Lakeshore game where Thundercats, really good squad we had to go into extras to decide it. And then sure enough, we got into extras and they play two thirty-five minutes. So you got to play 70 is regulation. And then it's two 10 minute halves after that. Um, and in the 74th minute uh, for the Thundercats, they had a young girl with the last name Villawak, who she was really good in the midfield all game. And she just kind of sent a prayer at the net. They had this strategy of putting the ball in the air and letting their fast outside wingers and attackers go and chase it down in the corner and get across. She kind of did that from about 40 yards out and just drilled it over the keeper's head and scored to take the lead 1-0. Um, and then they got another one from Ari um, Nanzioni, who was just so fast and so sensational the full game. She had so many opportunities. She had a really good one in regulation that she blew and missed it wide right of the net. But then she had another chance to really seal the deal in the second half of the extra time period. Um, and she put it in the back of the net really hardy. You can tell she's a good soccer player. These are the U13s. And so there's not much that goes into the scouting and the X's and O's. There's so much development to be had. But a Thundercats team who, if those girls play together for the next couple of years, I think they're going to be very, very good in Michigan State Club soccer. They have so much speed on the offensive ends, especially on the outside. Their middles do a nice job getting both back on defense and forward on offense and facilitating to their attackers. And Naomi Hardy is on that back line. She basically just plays 10 yards in front of the keeper the entire time. Anything that comes her way, she kicks as hard as she can, and she can kick the ball probably 80 yards. She took every set piece. She took every corner kick. She has a left leg on her, and I think she's going to be really good. She's going to be fun to watch. And and speaking of that, I you know, the U13s, it's always kind of a crapshoot where you're going to get with that because, like you said, there's so much development to be had. And then when Pato's Magic 
played Thundercats in the U13 Premier Division game, uh, the game, the like, second to last game. You know, the first seven minutes, Pato scored a goal, both off corner kicks. Finley Hottister is this, you know, we're talking about like 12 year olds here. And, you know, corner kicks, I'm not expecting these big, booming, you know, driven corner kicks. Right. That's what he delivered. And I, like, I wasn't ready for it. I don't think anybody was ready for it. And they connected on a header in the third minute. And then they got another corner kick four minutes later. And he drove it right into the middle of the box. And then, a, you know, one of those pinball, you know, things, a loose ball and somebody pounced on it. And they were up two nothing. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. Okay. This is just going to get out of hand. And, uh, and Patos were up two nothing. And then, you know, then the Thundercats came back. Dylan Dorian made a, like a little messy, not messy, like a, like a Maradona run from like midfield. He just kept going and going and going. And like, you're thinking, you know, he's going to pass off. Nope. Just kept going and going and going. And then he take, took a shot, got his own rebound. It was really just like, I'll take it from here, guys. I got it. And he scores a goal and then they scored on a free kick. And this is when wind started to come into play is that, and nobody could get any goal kicks anywhere. And so the team that had the wind at their back was just shooting long distance shots and the thun, you know, Thundercats tied it up on a free kick. And then in uh, extra time, three minutes in extra time, uh, Pato scored on a free kick with the wind at their back. And that's, uh, that's how it is. And, and that, that's pretty much how a lot of the games were, but that was one that where wind really came into play. The wind was a huge factor for, for every team that we saw today. And I was just surprised at how consistent it was. Like it never held up, especially on the first day. Today was not as windy, but yesterday it just never stopped after like 9.30. We started at 8.30 and after that it was consistent. It was the whole time. I don't know if it's because the Saginaw Township Soccer Complex is relatively flat like most (laughs) soccer complexes and it just breeds wind, but my papers were flying everywhere. My laptop was covered in dust. I was upset because the wind just never stopped and it's just like a nuisance by then but i was willing to sweat to death yes it actually I would made have done that. in like a temperatures in the 80s yesterday and i thought oh this wind is nice it's keeping it relatively manageable and at, at, by like halfway through i'm like you know what i i'd rather just sweat uh, this is i can't hold my papers i need to get one of those like sleeves to put the papers I in had, or something i had 85 paperweights on each corner of all my <laughs> sheets you know and it, it was rough man yeah, well, the last one I had was U16 Premier, uh, T-Bay's North Storm, the only real, like, runaway game. Uh, it, it wasn't that they dominated so much. They just took advantage of their opportunities, and uh, Aiden Orth scored a couple of goals, and uh, they are actually, T-Bay's North Storm are undefeated in 2023. No draws, just wins. Mm-hmm. Very impressive way to end out uh, end out the tournament for me. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Undefeated without any draws. I mean, that's like you say undefeated in, in soccer. There's kind of the silent understanding of like, okay, you got one or two draws in there, but yeah. no, no losses, no draws. That's impressive. Yeah. So that's uh, that. Any uh, closing thoughts on, on on your first trip to here? Like other than uh, you know papers blowing everywhere and uh, you know the, the wind constantly uh, blowing us around. No, it was a really fun time, a really fun place, a bunch of nice people here, um, both on the administration side, setting the event up and, you know, parents and fans coming up and saying nice things and just making talk, the officials. I thought, you know, 
the the least thankful job is the official. And, you know, especially with you soccer and especially with parents right there on the sideline, it's difficult. I thought they did a really good job this weekend. There was never anything, I think, uh, way too out there, way too far where I stepped back and said, oh, that was vastly incorrect and maybe something should have been changed and that changed the outcome of the game. That's a thankless job to be a referee, especially for youth soccer. They came out here. They were doing just as many games as we were. We had same way that, you know, we have penalty kicks and we have three minutes in between games. We had refs coming across the complex in a golf cart. They got the police escort because they had a penalty kicks game and they had to be over here at field three to do the next mm-hmm. game at mm-hmm. 11 o'clock. So they do it just like we do. And uh, I think they deserve their flowers as well. Yeah, I, I got uh, I, I got to chat with a few of the, the referees and, and they were, I actually thought I didn't have very many complaints, but um, the one thing I, I point out, a fun little thing, uh, other than one of the one of the referees uh, completely wiping out, uh, running down the sidelines, and uh, you could. I just looked at the other referees as they were trying not to crack up when it happened and uh, trying to be professional. But the for, this was a, this was a random one. I've never noticed this before. Uh, at halftime, they just decided to change referee shirts for no for <laughs> no reason. I don't even know what led to it. They were just sitting right next to my uh, my table, and they were like, "Hey, I think I'm going to change to green," and they all changed to green. For no reason, they just wanted to see if anybody noticed, and uh, that was how they mixed it up, I guess, for their day. <laughs> Got to do whatever to make it fun, I guess. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, the Saginaw Township Soccer Complex, they they always uh, put on a good event, and uh, we had a lot of fun bringing it to uh, the fans on YouTube. Uh, you can... You know, we, we've got, I'm sure they'll have highlights or something uh, on, on YouTube uh, on the MSYSA channel. But we thank them for, uh, for having us, and we had a good time bringing it to them. Thank you so much to guests Josh Hackla, or contributors rather, Josh Hackla and Brennan Shabath with that report from Saginaw, Michigan. Very cool to see uh, kids year after year in that tournament and then ones that even go on to turn into pros. Uh, Chloe Ricketts, of course, last year referenced uh, this year a professional and then I've seen a couple others move on the ranks too from doing that tournament. So thank you for that report, guys. Always like to hear that one. And uh, from new contributors, thank you, Brendan, for filling in at the tournament as well as uh, aiding Josh in the tournament report. So be sure to check out MSC across all the social media platforms and uh, be sure to subscribe and like and do all those things with the YouTube channel and tell all your friends about the show. We're uh, trying to expand our coverage and do some more things and go more places. So the more people you tell about it, the easier that sort of thing goes. And as always, thank you to uh, Jenny Hajnaki for editing this program. And thank you to the MSC core team for your help putting this all together and representing across there for Michigan Soccer Central. So this week, midweek, I'm off to Lansing to watch Oakland County travel to play Lansing City in USL2 action. And then this weekend, back on the call on 11 Sports for Oakland County FC, hosting uh, South Bend Lions. 
that's my schedule. Oh, and I want to give a big uh, tip of the head and shout out to all the coaches and staff working at the uh, tryouts this weekend. And um, kudos to all the kids who are going out there trying to uh, progress as soccer players and get on a travel team that they want to play on. So everybody, please, until next time, enjoy your soccer. Thank you.